Hello everyone and welcome to episode 294 of the Ask the Coach show where ping skills help you improve your table tennis. I'm Jeff Plum and as always I'm joined by super coach Alois Rosario. Welcome Alois. Uh, thank you Jeffrey and uh, yes... Um, nice to be doing another show. Had a little bit of a break again. Yeah, we did. You've you've been away, Alois. Tell us a little yeah. bit about that. Yeah, we're sort of taking it in turns. Remember uh, the last show, uh, you had been away. And yes, I've been away in Thailand uh, just over 10 days and taking the Australian Para table tennis team to Thailand for the Thai Para Open. Um, How did it go? Yeah, it went, went pretty well. It was a yeah, good tournament for the Australians, uh, winning a gold medal and a silver and four bronzes over over the tournament. Very but, impressive. Uh, yeah, yeah, but again, good to see um, the higher level of, uh, of play across the world, including a strong Chinese uh, contingent uh, at this Thai Power Open. So uh, so very good. And, and then um, on the last uh, couple of days, we did some, uh, some work uh, with... Uh, some disability organisations in uh, Thailand as well, and uh, just through the Australian government, um, it's funded to uh, for us to to um, help out the uh, some disability organisations and to just to show uh, uh, people with a disability a pathway through sport as well. So uh, so that was uh, that was great. That's called the Smashdown Barriers Program. Wow, it's really good, isn't it? That uh, you know, sport can you know reach people on so many levels and help people in so many ways. Yeah, it certainly is, and uh, yeah, this program's been fantastic um, on on a lot of levels, and um, it's really good to see. Uh, so we took our whole team there, a team of thirteen players, and um, uh, working with the students at the school, and and both on both levels, you know, seeing the uh, the joy on the faces of the of the kids at the school but then also um our players and how they were able to step up and uh and take over in a different role of you know helping helping other uh, players with disabilities was was great ah brilliant excellent always good to hear uh you know positive stories a bit like that fantastic now alloys it is time for on this week yes and on this week well we'd sort of just on this week but it's a biggie, Jeff. Yeah. It is Ma Long's birthday was wow. on the twi- yeah, 20th of October. And he was born in 1988. Now, I know you've been doing a maths course. So um, how old would that make him, Jeff? Uh, 29. Fantastic. Good work. Um, yeah, so 20, 29 years old, Ma Long. Um, well, that sounds like it's getting pretty old, doesn't it? It is. I mean, For a table tennis player. Yeah, so thinking about next Olympics, he's going to be 32. 30- one thirty-two or so, thirty-two. How old will he be, Jeff? Um, that's a good question. Depends. When's the Olympics? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In three years' time. Okay, uh, but, yeah, but it so... depends on uh, what time of the year. But yes, it'll be um, it'll be earlier than this. So he'll be he'll be thirty-one at the time of the Olympics. But uh, you know, turning thirty-two, that is getting on. Mm-hmm. You know, can he can he hold on that yes. long? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean. What uh, what can we say about his uh, his playing record? I suppose starting with the Olympics, well, certainly the highlight was his um, singles gold in Rio, but also he has won two teams gold medals at the uh, in in London and in Rio. So three Olympic gold medals, um, of course, won the World Championships um, singles. Um, so that was that was his famous. Uh, 
famous event where he jumped on the table when he won when he won the singles as well. Yeah. Uh, so he's um, he's really he's really done everything in the sport. Um, he won a world teams cup. He's won the world singles cup. Um, he's won Asian Games singles. Um, he's won Asian championships. Um, yeah, he's basically done everything. So, um, so wonderful to see. Uh, you know, he's, he's a real legend of our time. Is he the greatest of all time? That will be debated in the next couple of years. But, uh, but certainly a, a great player of our time. Yeah, I mean, just the the list of medals, it just goes on and on and on. It's incredible. Um, what, a, what a player. So, yeah, happy birthday, Marlong, for yeah. uh, last week. Yes, indeed. Uh, very good. Um, now, Alois, that moves us on quickly to the joke of the week. Hopefully very quickly, Jeff. Yeah, yeah well, you know, my dog, Alois, used, yes. to, used to chase people on a bike a lot. And it really? Got really? It got really bad. So yeah. finally, I had to take his bike away. Mm. I'll I'll process that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I guess someone's laughing somewhere, though. Yeah, a lot of people are laughing. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's move on to the uh, tip and drill of the week, Alois. Yes. Well, yeah, the tip of the week this week is um, relating to the World Cup that we've just had, and that is to to watch as much world-class table tennis as you can. So it's really important that you, you're getting good images of, uh, of world-class players. It's something that we've emphasised a lot at Ping Skills, but it is one of the things that will help you um, to improve your game. You know, I think one of, the, one of the reasons now that China is so good is because kids as they're growing up are seeing um, a high level of player next door to them all the time. You know, if they're training in a, in a club, they're seeing really good level table tennis, good technique um, uh, being displayed right next door. So having those images live is fantastic. But the next best thing is to watch top world-class players um, on video. Yeah, and these and- days it's so easy, isn't it? I mean, like... When I was growing up, Alice, um, table tennis wasn't hugely popular in Australia, so it wasn't easy to get. I know it sounds strange, but, you know, um, TV or there was no TV or just DVDs or videos back then of the top-class players was was hard to come by. But now um, you just go to the internet and you can see so much, you know, great matches. Yeah, exactly. And and, um, I think that's really right, Jeff. And, I mean... Just thinking about your situation, Jeff. I mean, Jeff grew up in um, Canberra in Australia where table tennis was really not very popular at all. And to be able to come out of that situation, Jeff's probably a a bit of an exception to the rule um, because uh, Jeff was in a situation where he didn't really have any um, high-class players around him to see. Um, And, as he said, he didn't have any access to... uh, to world-class table tennis, really. So so I suppose what Jeff did was he moved himself into a different situation. Um, but, yeah, certainly nowadays you just don't need to do that. You know, the, just the amount of great table tennis that's available to us, um, including the World Cup, which was just last week. So through ITTV on the ITTF website, 
it's really easy now to just get on there and uh, be able to watch these things. And, you know, some of some of it's streamed live, some of it's um, on TV, depending on where you are. So utilise that, guys, as much as you possibly can um, and uh, and get those good images into your head of what table tennis should look like. Absolutely. So for the drill of the week then, Alois, what do we want our ping skillers to do? Yeah, so what what I'd like you to do, and this is just one aspect of uh, watching matches, what I'd like you to do this week is to watch a match of some um, high-class table tennis players. You know, maybe pick something from the World Cup that was just just held and pick a serve that you like from one of the players and then on the table just try to copy the action of the serve. Now – I promise that you won't get it perfectly right. I promise that it won't look exactly the same um, as the other, as the world-class player. But you will start to get the feel of what that serve needs to look like. So, um, so let's do that this week and see how you get on. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Okay, Alloys. Now you did mention this. It's time for the tournament wrap, and we've just had the men's World Cup. Yes, the men's World Cup just held um, last week. And, you know, it was over the period of when Ma Long's birthday was, from the 20th to the 22nd of October. Maybe he celebrated too much. Maybe he did because Ma Long incredibly went down to Timo Boll in the semi-final. So, uh, so, I mean, we do have high expectations of this man, but, uh, but a loss to Timo Boll was not, one that I would have uh, seen coming. No, well, I uh, think it's it's been years since he's uh, lost to anyone except the Chinese player. Yeah, indeed, and uh, and it wasn't it wasn't by much in the end. By the way, he uh, he lost twelve ten in the seventh game. So uh, so bowl, you know, fantastic to be able to just uh, triumph at this stage of his career. Um, and uh, and beat a guy like Ma Long, and just going on to Ma, uh, on to Timo Boll, sorry, his previous match against Lin Gao Yuan from China, Timo Boll also won four three thirteen eleven in the seventh, but in that match was down ten five in the seventh against Lin Gao Yuan. Well, you don't often come back from ten five. Yes, but against Lin Gao Yuan, I'm sure he had he might have had a thought in the back of his head because we all know famously that Lin Gao Yuan lost to Zhu Xin from 10-4 in the seventh game. So, uh, so Lin Gao Yuan has got a lot of thinking to do over the next few months, and uh, and perhaps <laughs> that's, that's got to haunt you, doesn't it? You you oh. you're playing some of the best players in the world. You've got like. A swag of match points. You can't you can't win it in the world championships, and then suddenly you come to the World Cup, another huge tournament, have all these match points, and again you can't get over the line. Every time he yeah. gets to ten, now he's going to start to panic. Um, imagine his night after losing to Timo Boll from ten five up in the seventh. Do you think he would have slept at all? No, he would have been he would have been just tossing and turning all night, thinking. How could I have won that point? And you can, if you watch the match, you can just see him um, at ten five. He, he took a timeout at about ten seven, perhaps as well. You know, so <laughs> yep. he, he was he was definitely thinking about it, and you could just see in his face that he was 
stressing. You know, <laughs> at, at, at ten eight, at ten eight up, um, Bowl was almost favourite. Um, you know, so. Uh, so Oh dear. Yeah, and and as I said, you know, like, and it will haunt him now. And it's something that, well, I mean, the Chinese um, national coaches will certainly be starting to think about this. You know, can we trust this guy in an important situation? Yeah, Um, coming up to world teams championships and things like that. um, It's going to be hard for them to like, especially if you've got a a, you know a big pool of talent to pick from. you, You. you're going to be reluctant to pick someone that struggles when they're 10-4 up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, I mean, there's not that many people that are going to get 10-4 up against Zuzin or 10-5 up against Bol either. True. Um, I mean, the, the talent pool might be big, but he's certainly an outstanding player, obviously. Yeah. So, um, and, and maybe that's a problem he can fix, you know, with a bit of sports psychology help because, I mean, it, it is... It is strange, isn't it? Just the the way the mind plays tricks on you. Like to play so well, as you said, to get up ten four against Zhu Zin or or ten five against Timo Boll, you must be playing some unbelievably good table tennis. And then to not be able to get one point in the next, you know, six or five, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and yes. not even just get one point, just just suddenly become so nervous that you 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 can't function as well as you have been. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's amazing sport. Yeah, exactly. And um, and then we haven't even talked about the winner of the World Cup, and that was actually Dimi Ovcharov. So Dimi um, uh, confronted his compatriot Bowles in the final. So an all German World Cup final. Who would have thought, hey? Yeah, and we all uh, yeah. Who would have thought all German? Amazing. And we all were wondering about you know Dimmer. Does he have what it takes to win a big title? And you know he's pulled off the World Cup. Yeah, in, indeed. So he won the final 4-2 against Bol. Um, it it and... was pretty much a dream draw for for Ovcharov, though, I would say, because oh, yeah, absolutely. He, he struggled against uh, Muzatani, who was going to play. Um, yeah. But Simon Gauzy took him out. Yeah. So then, then he had, you know, probably, well, definitely the easier semi-final instead of playing Ma Long. Yeah, and you know, Ma Long was on the other side of the draw. Um, yeah, and even even in his quarterfinal, he uh, he came up against Shabayev. So Shabayev was a qualifier through the groups. Um, he had beaten Omar Assar. Um, uh, yeah, in the in the groups. Yep. Um, and then. Uh, Shibayev beat Chuan Chi Wan in the first round. So he did have a pretty good draw, but um, it's still getting over the line in the final against Bolt, you know, is yeah. uh, is a biggie. So so exactly. well done. I mean, you can only beat who's in front of you. And, you know, sometimes just, you know, winning a title like this can give you a bit of extra confidence. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes over, you know, the next few major tournaments now that he's got this one under his belt. Yeah, in, indeed. So, yeah, so well done to Dimmer. Yeah, break, well done, yep. Indeed, indeed. And, and yeah, so now the Women's World Cup starting uh, tomorrow as well, so keep an eye out for that. And, you know, we talked about a bit watching uh, world-class table tennis, so there's another opportunity coming up uh, starting on the 27th. Absolutely, so and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll cover the Women's World Cup uh, uh, in our next show, I presume, Alloys. Indeed. Will do. Very good. All right. Um, well, let's get on to some questions then. 
Alois, and first up is one from Anish, um, and he says he's been playing table tennis for six years, and he's playing almost every day, but he's struggling with the backhand counter hit timing. He says everything's fine with the block and the backhand topspin, but often it happens between the rally that the ball suddenly goes inside the net or out of the table when I'm playing a backhand counter hit. So can you just suggest something for him? so that he can hit all the counter-hit balls at the maximum height with a slightly closed angle to adjust to all types of balls. So, yeah, he basically just wants a, bit, a few tips, Alloys, on the backhand yeah. counter-hit. Yeah, so so when you start to talk about timing, Anish, one thing that you need to think about is is even just listening to the ball. By listening to the ball, you'll start to pick up the rhythm, and you'll notice that when you are hitting the ball well, it will be very a very consistent sound. So even between your top spin and your counter hit and your smashing, there will be a fairly consistent uh, pace between the ball bouncing on the table and your contact. So if you can start to tune in to that um, timing or the the sound, you'll start to improve your consistency a bit with um, with that counter hit. The next thing is to then think about just the subtle changes in the spin and uh, trajectory of the ball. So how do we how do we uh, get the best out of that? And that is to make sure that we're watching the ball really well. We talked about this a bit in the last show, but watching the ball is just absolutely paramount. If you're not watching the ball well, really carefully, really closely, you'll start to make subtle mistakes in watching the uh, in the amount of reading the amount of spin um, and perhaps the speed and, and height of the ball. So by watching the ball um, and listening to the ball, you're going to start to improve that consistency greatly, Anish. Excellent. And I guess that that applies to all strokes, not even necessarily the back end. Now, interestingly on that, Alice, I've heard you talk a lot about the, uh, you know, the watching the ball, and that's really important. And, um, but, yeah, the, the listening is also, is also very helpful. Yeah, indeed, yeah. So, I mean, just... I mean, just getting all those senses working, Jeff. Absolutely. All right, so hopefully that helps you out. Anish, give that a go and uh, let us know. Next up is a question from Otfried who says, In my league and amongst the players I play against often, it often comes pushed to... the, The games often become push to push games and it's hard for me to break through that and I make a mistake. And often they're more experienced and... And, yeah, so I make mistakes. So the next logical step, he says, is to develop and improve his top spin against backspin. And mm-hmm. he says, while using multi-ball drill, drills, I usually get it quite well after some times, but in games I find it extremely difficult to get the ball on the table that way, so let alone play a strong top spin. So what's a good way to start with slower top spins, which he finds easier to play and build up from there, or do you have a better recommendation? Yeah, sure, Otfried. Um So... Y- you're certainly right that building towards trying to topspin against that backspin ball is important. Um, and I think you've you started on the right track. You know, you've started with some multi-ball, uh, learning how to play that uh, actual stroke, the technique, uh, is important. But now in your practice, it's, it's about taking that next step. So it's about starting to do some more one-ball um, drills. Uh, and you need to be able to read the the direction of the push, and also the subtle changes in the spin and speed on the push. So often with multi-ball, the ball is coming um, 
consistently to you and you might even be getting them to play it to the same position all the time to make that top spin. When you're playing in a rally, it's a matter of tracking that ball and then also making the decision as to which ball you're going to make that top spin off. So practice now with one ball more often. Practice actually doing some push-to-push rallies and then adjusting to make the top spin. The other important thing here to think about is just the movement between the push and the top spin. So when you're doing multi-ball, um, they're feeding out backspin to you all the time. You're moving from a top spin stroke to a top spin stroke. So you're moving into the same position, whereas this, you're moving from a pushing position to a top spin position. So it's very different in the movement and the reading. Um, and so that's what you need to now do in training, Otfried, is to actually practice some rallying, some pushing to top spin rallying uh, as well. Um, as far as starting with a slow top spin, yes, that's probably a good idea. Um, but you can start to vary it pretty quickly. So you can start by uh, playing with the slower top spin, make sure the ball's going on the table, and then you can start to think about playing that ball a little bit faster as well. Yeah, excellent. Um, yeah, and a lot of people don't realise just how big a difference it makes the stroke you play beforehand. Like you mentioned there, Alice, if you're just practising multi-ball just off backspin balls, you're just playing the top spin all the time, just because you're in that totally different starting position makes a huge difference. Um, so when you do a push and then try and top spin, it, it's, it seems almost like a new stroke in some ways. And I don't think people realise how different that is. So that's why it is so important um, to practice um, the push and then the top spin once you've once you've got the top spin under control. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. and just and yeah, we, we we've talked a lot in the last few months about uh, the progressions during your your uh, training as well. Yep. So, so if you are doing multi-ball, maybe perhaps just do that for a minute or so until it feels uh, good, and then quickly move into some pushing and topspin. Yeah. Or just or um, well, the multi-ball or... could feed out one push, and uh, oh yeah, you you could push one of the balls back first and then topspin. Yep. yep, indeed. So uh, yeah, so let's let's think about those quick progressions as well. Yeah. All right. Now, Otfried, um I. I hear what you're saying here as well with the strategy of the game because it really, once you can learn to open up off that push, it really does bring a whole new uh, level of play to your game. Um, it is a big step. And I remember it took me a long time to, you know, learn how to top spin that uh, backspin ball with confidence. So keep working on it because once you get it, um, your game will improve out of sight. So good luck. All right. Next up is a question from Marv. And he says... I know that it's possible to overwhelm incoming spin by hitting a ball really hard as in a powerful loop, which pretty much cancels out the effect of the spin. I'm wondering if this works in reverse. What I mean is, if I put the same amount of spin on a fast shot as I do on a slow shot, will my opponent experience less spin on the fast one than he would on the slow one? Well, yeah. that's a confusing question. Alice, yeah, yeah. Can, you, can you explain what he's asking and, and talk a little yeah. bit about that? Yeah, sure. So what Marv's saying is here, um, basically, if he is pl- he's putting the same amount of rotation on the ball, but one ball is moving slower and one ball is moving faster. Mm-hmm. So if he's putting, if he's hitting the slower ball, the effect of the spin will actually feel like it's more. It'll bounce up off your opponent's bat further. 
if the ball is moving faster, it's going to go in and out of your opponent's bat faster and come uh, back back out straighter, whereas the slower ball, the top spin is actually going to kick up off your bat. So it's just the relative amount of spin and speed on the ball that you can change. So the more spin, less speed, the ball will kick up off your opponent's bat and will therefore feel like it has more effect, whereas the when there's more speed and less spin, then the ball will come out of the bat faster and it'll feel like there's less um, less uh, top spin on the ball. Yeah, but, and I guess that kind of makes sense. And I also kind of think, Alois, that if someone takes a really big swing at the ball and it comes towards me slowly, it normally means they've brushed the ball very finely. So that's why it's actually got less forward momentum and more of that speed's gone into making the ball spin. So, so just... Generally, if the ball's coming slower and they've had a really big swing, yeah, so say someone uh, plays a shot and they use the same speed of the stroke and one comes through faster and one comes through slower, normally the one that's slower is going to have more spin because more of that momentum's gone into creating the ball spinning. That's right, exactly. Yep. So, yeah, it is, it is something good to be able to experiment with as well um, for yourself, Marv, and just, uh, just try to get those those different contacts and it's a really um, effective uh, strategy to be able to change that up because playing playing the same topspin all the time and uh, no matter how good it is your opponent will get used to that a little bit quicker than if you're changing the spin and speed um, often yeah absolutely and I like what you said about yeah experimenting with things like table tennis is a game of spin so you know get out there and try um, yeah try putting a lot of spin on a slow shot and then try putting less spin on a fast shot and just yeah try all sorts of different combinations um, the more you experiment the um, the better you're going to understand what's happening and yeah the more variations you're going to have to confuse your opponent awesome great question Marv all right, next up is one from Jesper, who says, what would be the difference in a practice routine if I move faster over, sh- over a shorter distance, like Jeff is doing, compared to move uh, a little slower over a greater distance, like the Swedish routine, Falkenberg? Are they equally important uh, in the daily training routine? And moving over a greater distance is, of course, harder, so maybe I should just focus on this. And he said, furthermore, if I want to maintain stamina in a table tennis match, do I need to practice table tennis stuff or can I just go out for a run or hop on the cross trainer? So quite a few questions there, Alois. Yes. Yeah. So so firstly, thinking about slow and fast footwork, Jesper, um, you need both. But if anything, the more important one is the faster f- movements over a shorter distance they're the ones that you utilize much more in table tennis so table tennis is about i mean it, the the distance that you move generally in a rally is pretty small but you need to do it as fast as you possibly can so as you said that's what jeff's doing when you when um, when he shows you footwork or if you watch jeff playing you'll see the explosive movement over a very short distance but that's the important movement. Watch Ma Long. He doesn't necessarily move a great distance most of the time. If you watch a rally, he might move, you know, less than less than 30 centimetres at a time, but the movement is really strong and really fast. 
that's the one that I'd like you to practice more um, once you get the basic uh, idea of the footwork movement because that's the one that's going to be much more relevant in a match situation. Um, but initially, I think it's good to practice that slower, um, longer movement just because it's easier for you to learn and it's easier to get the actual movement of uh, uh, that you're that you're requiring, you know, that jumping movement um, over a bigger distance is just a little bit easier to to understand and to feel um, initially. Okay, good, good. And then, yeah. um, and what about stamina? Do you just need to practice yeah. table tennis stuff, or or is going for a run or hopping on the cross trainer good? Um, again, let's do both. Um, it's it's good to be able to to develop your uh, stamina or your aerobic capacity by going out for a run um, and uh, you know and often the Swedes used to talk about doing a 5k run um, as something reasonably similar in uh, in time to a table tennis match so just building up that aerobic capacity will help and it'll help more in um, insofar as when you're playing a, a long tournament mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, often a tournament will last a whole day uh, and you might be there from 9am till 9pm. So just building up that um, that aerobic capacity and stamina over a longer time uh, can help. And that's something that you won't necessarily get by just your training. But the training and doing footwork um, over a period of time will also help you to, to develop um, that stamina or, or aerobic ability. Awesome. All right. Well, Alois, that wraps up show 294. Uh, welcome back. It's great to have you back. And um, thanks, everyone, for the questions. Great questions. As always, you can submit questions at pingskills.com. Just use the Ask the Coach section, and uh, we take the best questions from there and uh, discuss them on this show. So thank you, everyone, for listening, and thank you, Alois. Thank you, Jeffrey, and uh, have a great couple of days guys uh with your training and don't forget get out there watch some good table tennis watch the uh replays of the men's world cup watch the upcoming women's world cup and get some good images into your head brilliant and uh and we should be uh, back a bit more regularly hopefully now that you and i are, are not traveling in the next few weeks so um yeah so watch out for some more shows coming up as well all right thanks everyone and see you shortly bye Thank you.